y'all. Welcome to another episode of Arise with Amber. Thank you all so much for joining me. I hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. We had Pentecost Sunday, last Sunday, and we also had Memorial Day this past Monday. And so I was able to take a trip up to D.C. to go see Parker and Amy. They have been up there for the last five, I guess, five and a half months. And I was able to visit Capitol Hill Baptist Church. And oh my goodness, it was so fulfilling. It was so rich to be able to, first of all, see Parker and Amy, but then just to see the, the church and the, and the body of believers that they have immersed themselves in. It, it's so healthy. And it was such a blessing to be able to witness, you know, the health of that church and the shepherding that's going on there and the stewardship that's going on there and the fellowship that's going on there and even the discipline. I was able to witness, you know, some some people who have gone through church discipline. And if it's done in a healthy way, in the, in the right way that we're called to do biblically, it is such just a, a wonderful environment to be in. And those people who had been disciplined were still showing up to church, were still wanting to learn, were turning from their sin and repenting, and, and, the, and the body of believers just still welcomed them in. So that was just such a blessing to be a part of. And I was also, I had never been to D.C. before, so I got to go up and I got to take this three-mile tour of all the monuments and the memorials, and I had to stop you know, I, th- I believe it was the Vietnam. It was the Vietnam Memorial, and I just stood there, just in awe of all of these names, all of these people who had fought for our freedoms and sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice of laying down their life for our freedom. So, it was a blessing to be there. Thank you if you or a family member has served or is serving or has given the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom, you are not forgotten and you are remembered. And I just want to thank you so much. And and thank you to the family members who also have to sacrifice so that their loved one could go fight for our freedoms. And as it says, you know, some gave all. And we just appreciate you and we remember you on this past Memorial Day. And I'm just thankful for your service and your sacrifice. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the gift of another day to walk alongside you. Thank you for the men and women who you have called up to serve for our country. Thank you to their families who gave the ultimate sacrifice in a lot of cases. Help us to always remember them. Help us to always honor them. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your sacrifice above all. That is the greatest gift that we could ever receive that we do not deserve, Lord. God, I ask you to open up the eyes and the ears and the hearts of every person listening from around the world today, God. Prick their heart, prick their spirit, reveal themselves, reveal yourself to them in a mighty way. Draw them to you. I thank you for who you have positioned here in this moment for such a time as this. And God, I just pray that your word comes through me. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, I love to travel. I love to travel not only to be able to go see my friends and my family and to, to sightsee and do all of those things, but I love to travel because it's really the only time that I get to read. <laughs> and I had a lot of time at the airport uh, this past weekend, and, and I had a lot of time on the plane, and I had a lot of time to read my Bible. I was so excited just to have that little bit of extra time to 
really dig in and really spend time, you know, instead of minutes like I have at home sometimes, I had hours this weekend. And I love when I have hours to just read through the word. It gives me so much time to really pour over everything in the pages and spend time going down and and looking at commentary or looking up other translations or praying over what I'm reading or taking notes. And it really just fills my spirit and lifts my spirit when I realize I haven't been getting as much time as I needed in the Word. So I got to do all of that this weekend. I got to do that on the plane and in the airport and in the hotel. And like I said, it always just shifts my spirit and it lifts me in a mighty way when I'm able to sit and truly pour over his word. Now, if you are saved, we know that we are sinners saved by the grace of God. It's by nothing that we could have done. It's all by his doing. And the Lord has opened up our eyes to the truth of his word and his son. But each time I go deeper with Jesus, like I was able to do this weekend, each time Jesus touches another part of my life, things become even more clear. Things things get even more clear. Like I said, the deeper that I go with Jesus. And I was thinking about this as I had more intentional time to sit with him this past weekend. And it reminded me of when Jesus healed the blind man. Now he actually heals the blind many times in scripture. And his word says many times that he is the one who opens up our eyes. He is the one who gives us eyes to see. He opens the eyes of the unbeliever and calls us out of darkness and into his light. He literally awakens us. We are, before we come to know the Lord, we are, we are dead in our trespasses. We are dead in our sins before he breathes life back into us and opens up our eyes. Now, there may be some of you who have always known Jesus. There may be some of you who have known who he was and, and you have been walking with him since you were a little girl or a little boy and praise, praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that, for for his faithfulness in your life to open up your eyes at such a young age. Praise your parents for hopefully instilling that into you when you were young. But for others like me, we were walking in darkness for a really long time. And people probably, well, I know they did. People, people shared the gospel with me. People invited me to church. People spoke to me about Jesus. I had been to church camps. I, like I said, I went to church. I did, I did the little conferences and things and I still was blind. I still didn't see. I was still living in rebellion and sin against our holy God, and I was still living of the world. But then one day, by his grace, the veil is lifted and we see, and we begin to look at sin and the world so much differently. We begin to see the depth of our depravity and our need for a savior We begin to see and understand the words in the Bible as we pour over those pages. It begins to all kind of make sense. Things shift. He shifts our gaze from the temporal to the eternal. We're awakened. As the song says, once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. It says in Isaiah 35, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. He is the one who does it. It is the Lord who opens up our eyes and unstops our, our deaf ears. Psalm 146.8 says, The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. And the Bible tells us in John 3.3, Jesus answered him. He was speaking to Nicodemus. Truly, truly, I say to you, 
Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I had never noticed that word see before. For some reason, I always had it as unless one is born again, one cannot enter the kingdom of God. But John 3, 3 says, unless one is born again, we cannot see the kingdom of God. But back to the story of the blind man that I was speaking of. So this is just one instance where he heals a blind man. And we read this in Mark and it's Mark 8, 22 through 25. And it says, and they came to Bethsaida and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people. Some versions of this say, I see men. He says, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. So there's so many things that are happening in this passage. One, there are people who brought this man to see Jesus. And I love reading in, I love reading in stories of scripture where other people bring people to the feet of Jesus. You know, it, there's, it talks about it here. It talks about it whenever um, the friends bring the paralyzed man and they lower him down through the roof. Get you some friends who will carry you or drag you to the feet of Jesus, who will lower you down through a roof so that you can be healed. Number two, Jesus takes him by the hand. It says he touches him and leads him away from the village. And I I love thinking about him leading him out of where he was into a new place. Number three, he spits on his eyes. He lays his hands on him. And then he asks, do you see anything? Number four, the man looks up and he says, I see people, but they look like trees walking. So if he sees people that look like trees that are walking, this means he must have been, he must have had his sight before and he lost it and just gained it back. Number five, it says, and then Jesus laid his hands on him again. This is the only time in scripture where we see that Jesus does a miracle in two, two touches instead of just one. And so I think about, you know, why does he do this? Why does he not just heal him once the first time? We all know that he could have healed him just by touching him once. He's God. But it's that second touch that allows him to see clearly. So we read right before this miracle in Mark in verse 17, Jesus is speaking and he hears the disciples talking. And it says in verse 17, Jesus, being aware of their discussion, he asks them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? He's asking them, do you still not see? Do you still not understand? So even his disciples, after seeing all of these miracles, they still questioned. They still had doubt. They still didn't see. How could they not see? You know, you think, if you would have seen the things that Jesus was doing, how can you not see? How can you not believe? They walked with him. They saw miraculous things. I think of the Israelites in Exodus 2 when they saw miracle after miracle going through the wilderness, but they still didn't fully see. And they were not allowed into the land that God had for them. And I think about that, and I think about the disciples, and I think about us, and I think, you know, isn't this just like us? This sounds just like us. God places people in our lives 
all the time, from the time that we're little, to speak the gospel to us. God places people in our lives to invite us to church. God places people in our lives to share the good news, to pray over us, to pray for us. He places, I heard this this weekend, God places the the Christian in your life is by his grace. So if you think about right now and you're not a believer and you have Christians in your life, that is by the grace of God, that God has positioned them there with you to hopefully draw you out of the darkness and into the light. So we just don't have eyes to see or ears to hear. And we may be those people who attend church our whole lives, but we still truly don't see. We can have the word of God in our mind, but we can still be strangers to him. And that's scary. And I think I can say for sure, all of us, whether or whether we're too prideful to admit it or not, you can see the evidences of God all around you. You can see the evidences of God in nature, in the heavens, in babies, in, in the human body. And you might even be a believer, but you don't fully see clearly because you're either distracted by things in your lives or your vision is blurred by the things of this world and the, and the things that are happening in this world, or it's just not the appointed time that God has chosen to open up your eyes and to give you the full vision. We can also be really quick to forget the things that God has done for us in our lives, especially when a new trial comes or, or a new a new season of wilderness or, or a new time of suffering comes. We, can, we tend to forget all the things that God has already brought us through you know, just like the, the Israelites coming in the Exodus, they forgot all the things that God had already brought them through and they still were complaining and they were still grumbling. So I just, I just think of us and how wretched we truly are. So I wonder, could it be that this miracle, when he healed the blind man in two stages, was it for the disciples as well as for us reading it more than it was for the blind man? There's always something deeper with Jesus. When you read his word, there's always something deeper that he's teaching more than what he's actually saying. I love that. I love that about God. So do you know of God, but you still don't see? Are you one of those people who's been brought up in church your whole life, but you still really don't see? If this is you, I want you to pray to the Lord to wake you up. Pray for him to touch the eyes of your heart so that you can see. Pray, pray, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes to the truth of your word. Open my eyes to to the truth about your son. Open my eyes. I want relationship with you. I want to see. Ask him to take this spiritual blindness from you and tell him you want to know him and you want to follow him. Ask for forgiveness of your sins that are the sins that nailed Jesus to the cross. It was your sin and my sin that kept Jesus nailed to the cross. It was your sin and my sin that had to fulfill the wrath of God onto him that we deserve. And when we repent and believe, he, he, he became the substitute for our sin so that when we do repent and believe, we are brought back into right relationship with him. We are forgiven. We are healed. He, he gives us the right to become sons and daughters of God, and he opens our eyes so that we can see. His word says in Isaiah, that he came to open up the eyes and he came to give sight to the blind. Isaiah 42, 6 says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. 
to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. And then in Isaiah 42, 16, it says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. So our walk with Jesus is not a one-touch miracle. By his grace, he continues to touch our eyes, touch our ears, touch our hearts to bring us to the truth of his word and, and bring us into deeper relationship with him. But it's us who also need to be drawing near. You know, Jesus left many times to go be alone with the Father. And we need to be getting away. We need to be going away and, and being alone with him and sitting in his word daily. This is, this is not a one and done thing. This is a process of sanctification. And we're, we're walking through an ongoing journey, growing in our faith, growing in wisdom, growing in understanding, and growing in spiritual maturity. So we must ask the Spirit for enlightenment. In Psalm 19.8 it says, The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Psalm 119.18 says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. All the Psalms are witness to people crying out to God, not just sitting idle, waiting for things to happen, not just waiting for God to do some miraculous thing in your life. Seek him. Get alone with him. Open up your word. Pray, Lord, reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. These are people who draw near to the Lord, not because we feel like we have to do this for works, but because we desire to know our creator and we desire to grow in the, in the fullness of life that he has for us and for his glory. But even still, even still when he does reveal, when he does pull the veil from our eyes, we still see dimly lit and we, we will, won't see clearly, fully clearly until we get to glory. And that's stated in 1 Corinthians 13. For now, in part, we know and prophesy. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully even as I have been fully known. Guys, what a day that will be when we can come face to face with Jesus in glory. What a day that will be when we, we know now in part, even though he's revealing things to us every day, we, we still know only in part. And in the days to come, in, in, in the glory to come, we will see him face to face. I can't wait for that day. The gift for us to see is a gift from God. So we have to ask him, Lord, help me. Give me eyes to see. Reveal your truth. Reveal the truth of your word. Each time I come and sit in your presence, we should be praying every time before we open up our word. God, show me new things today. Show me what you want me to see. Help me to understand. Reveal it to me. Give me eyes to see it your way. Not in the way that I feel, not in the way that my flesh feels about what this is saying. Give me eyes to see your word for what you say it is, for who you truly are. Maybe, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you found this podcast by accident. Maybe you don't even know why you're listening. But if you're still here, if you're still listening, 
maybe you're just curious what all this is about and perhaps it is still confusing to you. But he's positioned you here to hear the word. He is drawing you in. Come to him in in humility and surrender. The Bible says, all who thirst, come. If you are thirsty, if you are searching, if you are seeking, come to his word. Come to his feet. There is such fullness and, and joy and peace, not only in knowing him and knowing that we're saved and having gratefulness and gratitude that we are saved by the grace of God, but there's fullness and peace and joy in growing with him every day, growing in your relationship, going deeper, having a relationship with the Lord will enrich your life in ways that you cannot even comprehend. And it doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy. The Christian life is not easy. We still suffer. We still are persecuted. We still have pain. We still have trials. But in walking with him, there's there's a richness. There is a comfort in knowing that this is not our home. This is not our home, and this is not the end. We have forever and eternity with our Savior. And it says, you know, even, even still we see dimly lit. Soon we will see face to face. In 1 Corinthians 2.9 it says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. So if you imagine you're a Christian and you can see everything, you can see everything in the world right now. You can see you're you're grateful for his salvation. You're grateful for his miracles. You have a relationship with Jesus. Just imagine how full you feel right now. And then think, we still have no idea. No eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that he has prepared for us. Oh, I can't wait for that. I cannot wait for that. So until that day, guys, let us not only accept and and be humbly in such gratitude that we are saved by his grace, but don't stop there. Don't stop there. Draw near to him every day. Open his word and desire to see even more clearly every day. Don't stop sharing the good news with people. Don't stop if, if, if God has positioned you in the life of an unbeliever, don't stop sharing. Don't stop living out your faith in front of them. Don't stop inviting them to church. Don't stop planting seeds because in his time, they will take root. Keep praying for the lost. Keep praying for God to awaken them. You know, I hear stories all the time about faithful mothers or brothers or sisters or anybody, friends who have prayed for people for years, years and years. Some of them don't even see their friends or family come to salvation in their lifetime. But to hear stories after they've passed that their son or daughter or brother or sister or mother or friend or anybody has come to salvation, God will do it. God is faithful to complete everything that he has began in a person. And we read that in Philippians 1.6, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors for him, and he does the rest. In my own walk with the Lord, God began to slowly draw me in. You know, I didn't have a road to Damascus moment per se, but God began to slowly draw me in, and he began to slowly reveal things to me each time I sat in his presence. And little by little, things that were confusing in the beginning begin to make sense. You know, you ask for wisdom from the Lord. He imparts that wisdom to you. He gives you understanding. Things that are hard, like election and predestination and why we suffer and grace and mercy and wrath and judgment and hell and sovereignty. 
and how God is sovereign, but yet we're still responsible for our sin. All of those things, he begins to show you more clearly. And a lot of those things that I just said make people want to run away from the Lord. But when your eyes are truly opened, it causes you to run to him in more gratitude for everything that he has given you that you do not deserve. So I just pray, guys, that we see him fully. We ask to see him fully instead of walking around seeing men that look like trees with things that are blurred. Let us grow in grace together in the wisdom and the knowledge that he gives us, that he gives his children. And then when he does touch your eyes, when he does give you a heart and eyes to see, look up, look up in awe and gratefulness for what he has saved you from and what he is doing in your life. I want to leave you guys with a prayer from Paul in Ephesians 3. In verse 16, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That is my desire to be just full of the fullness of God, to be filled with the fullness of God. That's my, that's my prayer for you guys, is that you know the height and the depth and, and the, just the riches of his love for you. I want to thank you guys as well for all of you who donated to the River Kelly Fund over the past, well, over the past four years. We're going on four years. Today is June 4th, and this is what we call River's Angel Day. This is the day that River met Jesus. And my worst day, our worst day, was his best day, was his best day. And so I'm just grateful for all of you who donated through the month of May. We're able to donate and help other people in need, and that's my goal. That's my mission is to keep spreading light and lo- light and love and joy in honor of River. So I just thank you. I thank you for that. And it's taken me a while to to see. It's taken me a while to get through the fog of what God was doing in the midst of my pain. But each time I look to the word of God, each time I turn to him and I turn my eyes up, he began to let me see more clearly. He began to reveal things to me, his purpose, his goodness, his grace, and his love. So I just implore you, turn your eyes up, Turn your eyes to him. Fall on your knees and surrender. Ask the Lord to open up your eyes. All who are thirsty, his word says, come. You are chosen. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you want to find me, you can find me at arisewithamber.com. You can email me if you want to send me a message or ask for prayer or send me a topic that you would like me to cover, arisewithamber at gmail.com. My Instagram is at Smith. And lastly, if you would like to donate to our mission to the River Kelly Fund uh, for River's birthday or for his angel day or in honor of someone that you love that has passed, you can visit riverkellyfund.org. Granger's book you can also get at grangersmith.com. It's available for pre-order. It's such a wonderful testimony of the goodness and the graciousness of God through our suffering. So you can pre-order that now. I hope you have a blessed week. 
Thank you guys so much. You're chosen. I'll see you next time.